Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip-hop. Check it out. Boom. This is the 20 by 20 podcast. Shout out to the nation of domination. Yeah. High in these potty streets, but we doing our thing. Tell Coco beware, bringing them birds to the ring. Attitude error, WWF on the leather. It's that 2020 podcast. I go wherever your shorty with a frog splash. She look like Sunny, but she Puerto Rican. I came through like the repo man creeping. Welcome, welcome once again, once again to the 20 by 20 podcast. And on this episode, your boy Knotts McFly and B-I-N-G being your herd. Got a special guest in the building. State your name, my brother. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R Mario, representing Whoa. the Lucha Outsider Show. There we go. Damn, that was an intro right there, baby. <laughs> I'm just a talker. That's what I do. I'm just a talker, bro. I'm just a talker. <laughs> I was dope right there. I like that. Yeah, you said you're. You said that you're the the heel of the IWC. Uh, the heel that seals the deal. The okay. villain that stays chilling. The anti-hero of the IWC. Hmm. Uh, anti-hero. Okay. I, I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, the IWC sometimes needs one of those, man. They began all crazy and shit, bro. Oh, uh, dude. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> not in- not including not including the political climate that we're in. Yeah. But wrestling fans are probably the most toxic community <laughs> in the world, dude. It's a fact. When everyone loves something, it can be the most beautiful community, though, honestly. When something happens that everything that we could all agree upon like all right yo this was good this shit is awesome but like the diversiveness especially the aw and wwe shit it's fucking ridiculous right imagine imagine though if social media was around with the monday night wars though how that shit would have been on fucking imagine if we had twitter back then like jesus christ the fans were much different back then. That shit would have been insane. People would have been pulling up on people. Like, yo, what? drop your location. I'm dead ass pulling up with a two by four. Like, actual. Stop playing with me. Yeah, if, if social media, if social media exists during like the Monday Night War era, like, think about it. They're like, yo, why are they pushing Hogan? They're burying the young guys. Oh, Goldberg can't wrestle for shit. Like, the, the, the there, there wouldn't be like this whole like global phenomenon that we had back in the Attitude era. Nope. Right. I totally agree. Because just like with what you said, I'll, a lot of that stuff was just said amongst like you know groups of friends and all those other right, shit. Right. But right, right. imagine, imagine if the social media was there, we wouldn't have anything. We, I mean, NWO would have been cool for a little bit, but until right. they got all that part of it, ah, I ain't fucking with these niggas no more. Now fuck. Once these people guys. started finding out half of those guys were were in their forties, it would have changed everything. <laughs> right. Or, or yo, would anybody have cared that Mick Foley won the title? Because right, you know right. what I'm saying? Like right. that, that would have been all over social media. And who's gonna want to watch? I know I'm DVRing it. We good, right? Exactly. Yeah. Also, people, also think about it. Like, also think about it. Like with like the the world that we're living in, when it comes to like cancel culture, and everybody gets like called out for saying crazy shit, right? Yeah. Like some of the promos that Eddie Guerrero was doing back in WCW wouldn't be allowed, dude. <laughs> No, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be allowed. A lot of stuff. I mean, 
think of some yeah. of the stones promos and some of the shit they were doing, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people would have been crazy just just the way the women were treated back then and, and all this shit and the half nudity and the chicks coming out in bikinis and bro so it, when it, you're a kid when you're a kid right like we're just looking at these women like oh my god like trish is so hot or whatever we don't think about that stuff as we get older and we look back i'm like yo man these women really got treated like shit <laughs> oh, bro. like it i'm was- not gonna sit here and act like when i wasn't a kid i was like Oh my God, Tori's so hot. Stacey Key was so hot. Like, yo, we're 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 grown. We're I think we're all around the same age. So, yeah. growing up, like I'm 11, 12 years old. I'm like, oh my God, so and so is so hot. Oh my God, Lita, this. And then looking back at it now, don't get me wrong, I get why I acted that way and I had that mentality as a kid. But then you look like, yo, they were degrading these women. Yeah, yeah, man. Until like a certain time where they actually let them wrestle. But like a lot of stuff, even like DX with the blackface. Oh it's man, up, dude! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of the funniest, greatest <laughs> promos of all time, and yo, that shit would not fly today no, at no, all. No, what the no, fuck? None of, it. none of it, man. None of it. You know, having Vince McMahon having grown ass men kissing his ass. <laughs> hey, don't forget, don't forget, Vince dropped an end bomb too. He dropped yeah. an end bomb. This is going right. it's not even that long ago. This is going back, I think, like in 2006. He dropped an end bomb like nothing. Like it was nothing. And then everybody <laughs> would have got everybody would have got at Booker T. Booker T wouldn't have been a legend. It, it, yo, people would look at him like an Uncle Tom. The memes would have been flying. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? But we're in 2021 and none of that is happening now. <laughs> right. The only thing that's happening now is COVID. Yes, that's the only thing that's happening. COVID and Chris Jericho, uh, maybe he was a Klansman. Who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> Chris KKK Jericho. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah he, Fuck he, guy, he fucked up on that one. But anyways. His wife, um, his wife another one. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sickening. It's sickening, man. The social media, you know, helped us to learn a lot more about these people. Maybe stuff that we would have never, you know, noticed about about them, you know, in the beginning and shit. But fuck it. Um, so last week we had NXT Takeover, and Ooh. uh, yo, I don't know how Triple H keeps doing it. I really don't know because think about all the talent he's lost within the last two years to the main roster, you know. Not even that, maybe three. When you when you're thinking uh Ricochet, Alistair Black, um Keith Lee, Damian Priest, uh even on the on the women's side of thing, like he he's lost a lot of talent. Kerry Sane, sh- um Kerry Shane. Yeah. Shayna Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Matt, mm. Matt Riddle, like yo Ripley, Matt Riddle. A lot of people. Yeah. And then with this takeover specifically, even with the big stars he does have there now. Like Undisputed Era, Carrying Cross, they weren't even part of the show. And nope. the show was it was all the newer talent. Yes, I loved it, bro. I loved it. Yo, the way those NXT aired, like, yeah, it's the way that they they're up. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, there was not a whole. Maybe the only weak point that I think the women's match maybe was a little too short. The triple threat. Yeah. Um, but. Besides that, bro, everything was like, bro, that women's tag, that women's tag match. Yo, son, Raquel Gonzalez is a fucking star. And Dakota Kai is another one that's right, she's right there. 
but Raquel Gonzalez is a fucking star. And I heard this comparison today. Fucking Corey Graves was talking to somebody and he said that Raquel Gonzalez reminds him of Kevin Nash. Big mommy cool, bro. Big mommy right? cool. <laughs> oh, good looking. She's a monster heel, but she's not a uh, that type of heel. You know what I mean? She can move around in the ring. And yo, she's a she's a bad bitch. Fucking six foot Texican. Like, yo, I will sit jump on a bar stool and say what up to her. Like, what up? I mean, what's going on? Girl? Everybody drink. Like, what's good? What's good with you? But yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying she's tall, nigga. I'm only five. Nah, five. No, no, she's, might, sexy. she's a very gorgeous woman. I need two pairs of Tim's to holler at her, but I'll be all right. <laughs> Yo. Nah, she's yeah, nah, she's, she's, sexy. Gorgeous. she's not like kind of like what you said. She's not like robot. You can be able right. to say she's very am- animated. Yeah. Even going to what we saw in NXT this past week, just her promo that she cut on Naya and Shayna, like you can tell she has like a swagger to her. Yes, yes sir. Glad you pointed that out. Like she has a, a very, very cool demeanor and thing about her and it's like you look at her and you're like yo this chick is a badass bro like she's a badass chick i wouldn't want to like push her too much she might kick me in my face you know what i mean like and i like that if they're building her that way like but they're making stars even with i i was a little thrown off by kushida losing but i'm you know i kind of thought to myself i needed to give myself like a couple of minutes and i'm like you know johnny gargano right now he has this heel faction that is coming up right now, and right. that force would have just like killed all momentum. Yeah, like, he what, needs. What were, you, what were you thinking, Mario? You know, um, so it's funny that you mentioned the whole Kushida and Johnny Gargano match because that was my favorite match of the night. I think it, that solidified why Johnny Gargano's called Johnny Takeover because yeah. this guy, no matter who he has a match with, it's just it always steals the show. He's like the Shawn Michaels of NXT. Yep. Uh, one thing that People haven't pointed out, which I'm surprised nobody has pointed out this. Right now, Gargano, with this transition to this heel role that he's in and having like this way, I'm not comparing it to DX, but it does remind me of 97, early 98 Shawn Michaels, the the work that Gargano's doing right now. Uh, I thought this Gargano-Kashida match was amazing, and you did say that you were shocked that Kashida took the L, but I think this match elevated Kashida that he could be a main player in Mm -hmm. NXT. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with that because he needed that one match. He needed to go with, like, an NXT guy, whether it had been either Gargano or maybe even Ciampa, and show people within NXT, like, he's here to stay. Like, this is, you know, he's legit. Like, I understand everything he's done in New Japan. Right. All the accomplishments he had out there. Awesome. But when you can translate that over to the American product, that that says a lot. That's That says global star. To me, I don't know. You know what? The ill thing about is Kushida, he does not talk at all. <laughs> all he does is wrestle. Everything he does is in ring with his facial expressions and his wrestling and his selling and all that shit. Like, yo, know, that match was definitely probably the best wrestling match of the night. My favorite match was Dunn and 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 Finn, but that match was the best wrestling match. The story they told, how they just layered it and later and later, and like, yo. Comparing Gargano to Shawn Michaels is not far-fetched at all, bro. Like, I feel you on that point. You know what I mean? Like, the work that he's been doing since turning into this heel character. Like, yeah, people are more focusing on the fact that he's the heel character now. But let's not take away none of the work he's done 
from that ladder match that everyone's had, the North American triple threat title matches, to finally getting the belt now, holding it. Like like you said, bro, he got the, the faction that's just starting, and he needed this W to, like, kind of solidify them. You know what I mean? Because him and Candice LeRae, we already know they're legit. And, yo, they're putting stock in Indy Hartwell and back into Austin Theory. You know what I'm saying? Got back in people's good graces. Yeah, he's a good talent. You know what I mean? It, it, so. It's crazy was Austin Theory because since he's popped up in WWE, they kind of been plug and play with him. Like first they had him like in that little short run of LIJ or Los Ingobernables of Raw. Remember that quick run they had with Andrade and uh, my boy uh, Garza Jr., right? So yeah, man. plugged them in there. That didn't last much, like that long, right? And then they plugged them in with Seth Rollins. He just had a quick cup of coffee there. They brought him back to NXT, and for whatever reason, him being with Gargano and this the whole the way stable, it just fits better for him. Oh, it was definitely a better fit. He could be a character too, because the the thing that he's doing, he's kind of playing like a dumb puppy, just following Gargano around. And yo, this shit is funny. I'm not even gonna front. The, the skits are pretty good that they do. So I'm glad homies found his footing. But yeah, bro, that's yeah, what's up. So I fucks with them. For what people don't really realize, if you did follow, like, you know, Johnny Wrestling from the beginning, like, he he was the heel. Like, the, like he's in his element right now, which is great. Yeah. And just, just like you were saying, like, you know, it's a better fit for um, Austin Theory. And I'm hoping he could he could get over that hump and actually be somebody. Because right now, of course, you know, he's he's doing his just do's. You know, he's playing a comedy role and right. all that stuff. And he's playing it really well. But we all know when when it comes down to having a great match, homie could get down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you if you've been following the dude from like his Evolve days, you know, yes. former Evolve champion, former World Wrestling Network champion. Here's just, here's my fear with Austin Theory, and it's not with the realm of Triple H. It's more at this point. I don't know if Vince McMahon's ever gonna die because the dude's gonna last forever at this. Point. <laughs> but like, I can see Vince looking at a guy like Austin Theory, like, oh, the dude has a great look or whatever, and then. You'll he'll plug him like either on Raw or SmackDown, and then like a month later, he ends up being like the Rob Conway of that of that brand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he has a look, and he's just a a guy that's just gonna put over other talent. Like I'm afraid that could potentially happen with a guy like Austin Theory, yeah. as long as Vince is in the realm. But if the torch gets past the Triple H, I think a lot of wrestlers are gonna get put in great positions yeah. in Raw and SmackDown. I think How so do you too. How how can you determine like who's gonna be that enhancement talent? That, that, that's it. the that's the fucked up shit because right. think about it like even like when we first when we first started watching wrestling, you know whether it had been early nineties, you know late eighties, whatever it was, a lot of those enhancement talents around that time came from companies where they were the they were that nigga, like they, they were that guy, they were that guy. Yeah, exactly. And it's like right now, I feel like with this fan base now, it's hard to determine who's going to be the enhancement talent. Who's going to be the guy that's always going to put somebody over? Who's who's going to be the Brooklyn brawler? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to determine because us as fans, when we see them go through that whole that whole journey from the indies in order to, to make it mainstream, we don't want them to be misused. We we you know we we kind of like feel so connected to them that we want to see them win on that level as well, but it's just so hard. Right. You can't determine who's who, and it sucks it, that Vince got to be the one. <laughs> it, it, it is hard, especially you know the whole 
the, the times that we're living in now doesn't help either with COVID, right? And I know the joke is, like, uh, especially with Tuesdays, like with AEW Dark, yo, it's like I'm watching WrestleMania because it's like a three-hour show. But, like, Tony Khan is giving, like, a lot of these independent towns that can't, you know, because indies ain't really necessarily a thing anymore, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some places that still run, like GCW obviously still runs shows when they can. There's going to be, like, a show in two weeks in AC. Also, you have, like, some promotions in Texas or whatever. But, like, the independent scene isn't necessarily a thing anymore because of COVID, right? right? So Tony right. Khan being, like, a nice guy, he's giving some of these independent talents, like, hey, come come over. You could be an extra or you could be in the crowd or, you know, we could use you on dark, you know, to, to, to be an enhancement talent for someone else that there might be uh, pushing up. Yeah, WWE obviously doesn't do that, but they are signing certain talent. And I and going back to your point, they're signing a lot of these talents. But then it's like, man, are you just going to be an advanced and like you know enhancement talent? I, I hate using the word jobber because I feel like we're we're just fans, and I I just hate using that term. I'd rather use enhancement talent. Yeah. But I'm afraid that a lot of these guys we've seen them killing in the Indies. They're just going to be an enhancement talent. Yeah, hey, that's that's what I'm afraid of too. But then sometimes I think I'm like, wait, maybe they got to do what a lot of, of these other guys had to do. Maybe they have to reclimb that ladder. Right. You know I mean? It's hard. It, I know it is, bro. I know it has to be hard for an indie dude who was like the the most talked about person through all you know all editorials and social media, whatever it may be, go into these companies like AEW and WWE now. And then be that person. Right. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. And you see it with um, an impact with Chris Bay. Chris Bay was, was was real big. You know, he was getting he was getting his name going. You've seen him on 205 Live. And out of nowhere, you've seen him, you know, a whole bunch of different shows. He goes to Impact. He doesn't immediately be that guy in Impact. But he rose to that. He rose to where he's at right, right. now within the last, what, year and a half or so he's been there? Two years? And you can, yep. you can tell Impact has stock on Chris Bay. Yeah. I think Chris Bay at some point, whether it's the end of 2021 or maybe going into next year, depending on what his contract is with Impact, he could be a potential world champion over an Impact. Yeah. That's how good that that's how good Chris Bay is. Cool. And, if, and AEW gets a congratulations because they should have signed this dude. Yep. And just when there was rumblings of AEW potentially signing, boom, Impact came out of nowhere and signed them up. Yeah, they needed so that. Really did have to had to kind of build himself back up and take a couple L's. And, like, once he found who he was, bro, the dude is an incredible talent. And for sure, I mean, you can see that with Impact, you don't have to be, you know, a moose-sized guy to be a world champion there. You know what I'm saying? They've put it on. Eddie Edwards twice, which I don't, I don't fucking get that at all. But that's another story. Sucks. <laughs> but anyway, they put on my son Rich Swan. You know what I mean? And I fucks with Rich Swan. You know what I mean? But he's small, so it's like that could only go for so long. Eventually, right. somebody come along and beat the living shit out of you because you just decide yeah. that you are. Like you might still hold it, but you're not gonna hold it for too long. Like Moose is gonna have that title between now and the summer, and I can see. Maybe Chris Bay not being the first challenger, maybe going into the you know holiday season, that's when he starts getting into that main event picture. And I could definitely him and Moose have put on a great match because Moose is another guy that they've put a lot of stock in and he's put a lot of work himself to get him where he is now. And I would love to see those two, you know, go at it. That shit would be good. That would be good. Some good shit right there. Impact, impact in many ways has been since I'll say since 2018. 
when they start, when Callis and the more went into the company and they kind of like just rebuilt the whole company from the ground up, they've been like one of the most consistent products since 2018. They, and they've got had like a revolving door of talent, like a lot of talents in and out of there. Yeah. And they just, yep. their product is one of the best kept secrets in wrestling. And also let me throw another wild card in there. You mentioned moves and you mentioned Rishwan. I wouldn't be surprised if Omega gets that impact title at some point too. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think there's a possible chance where we could get like either a triple threat between Swan, Moose, and Omega. Maybe even at um, what's the next pay per view? I think it's called um, what is it? Rebellion, I think. No, so, what, the next um, Impact. Yeah, I think the yeah, Impact yeah, yeah. pay per view is Rebe- Rebellion in April. So we could potentially get that. And you know, you mentioned the whole size thing with Rich Swan. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, guys like a Drew McIntyre or like a Brock Lesnar, like a Roman Reigns, like, you know, whatever. That's like, they're, they're physically, they're, they're physical specimens. Right. But like, who would ever thought the cruiserweight champion, Rich Swan in 2021 would be facing off with Omega and fucking holding his own dude. Like this guy was at the same level as Omega in the ring during hard to kill. And you could say the same exact thing about Moose and he wasn't even supposed to be in the match. Listen, Everything Moose has been doing the past year. Yeah, bro. He's he's so good in the ring. Yo, he's such a big dude, bro. And it's like he the dude, the dude has got himself in such good shape. And he's he's really taking the wrestling part of it serious. And like the character that he's playing right now might be the best character work that he's done. He might be the best character in impact, you know what I mean? Just being that killer that he is. And it's it's dope to see him in the ring with somebody like Omega. And yo, I I even for, I completely forgot about that fact that Omega has been he's been back and forth between Impact and shit, and he's you know poking around that world title scene. Like, yeah, he might be the next. He might be the one to take the title off Rich Swan. Actually, bro, it might be might just be Omega. I can see that. I can see that as well because you know Omega. I think that's what he really wants to do. He really wants to be that that next Ultimate Dragon type of uh, character where he's bell collector. Yeah, the bell collector, just going around collecting everything. Like my son Austin Aries, you heard? <laughs> yeah, man. Don't, I feel like Austin Aries' bell collector run is so underrated because he's collecting belts everywhere. Mad underrated. Man. Oh, impact a lot during that run too, bro. And yes, though. You know I what listen- didn't help his fucking attitude. That's what didn't help though. Yeah, he's a fucking. <laughs> Oh, but you know what, bro? He don't hide it though. Nah, he, he don't. Does he, he owns it. He it. owns it. He says, "I'm a vegan, nose in the air, fucking asshole, and I'm better than you because I know what the fuck I'm doing because I've been doing it for 25 years, and I'm not gonna wear a mask. Right? Want to wear a mask? All right, but like, he's one of those like, fuck Trump, fuck Biden. I'm not wearing a mask. COVID <laughs> But people are dying of COVID, so I'm going to donate to them so they don't, you know, die. Like, I'm what? still not going to wear a mask, though. <laughs> this thing is ideology is all over the place. But, yo, anyway, sounds like a bill collect Austin Aries. You heard? Yeah, the, Austin Aries, B. With the newsletter on it, that shit was fire. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I miss seeing Austin Aries on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good character, bro. Fucking, he's good. Give that nigga his just do. What the fuck? And then uh, I think a lot of people are going to forget the run he had at NXT. Like that NXT main roster run, and it, to me it was great. Like the matches he was having with uh with Pac at that moment was was fire. You know what I'm saying? But that and that's another thing. A lot of a lot of talent goes through that NXT door, like you were talking about with uh with Impact. But we see on one side we see three big companies, you could say, an AEW, Impact, and 
New Japan with a with like a sprinkle of NWA, you could say, you know, right. working with each other. And people are like, you see, WWE should have did that. WWE should have been working with people. Da, da, da. I feel WWE has too much talent to work with other people. My nigga, I, they have so with three, but like with three different shows, they could just integrate those shows together. Hey, Hold on, but that's not even including UK. That's you're exactly. UK. You're forgetting about two or five live, and now they got another NXT show that's coming supposedly. Oh yeah, NXT Evolve. Yeah. yeah, they have so much talent. They have so much talent. They got to make a new show for all the fucking talent they got. Who, who they team with? Who? Team with New Japan, team with All Japan, team with DDT? For what? To give them the rub? Suck my dick. Come over here. You want to do some business, you heard? We the big dog on the block. So, so, so. <laughs> well, yeah, wasn't, I remember, wasn't there rumors, I want to say, like, about a year or two ago that they were, this was before COVID even happened. Wasn't there rumors that WWE wanted to buy, it might have been Noah, I forget. Yeah. And that's NXT Japan. Wasn't yeah. that, like, a rumor? Yeah, yes. and then, like, right after, like, right when all that was going down, I think, that's when like COVID hit. It was like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like on that time, but I feel and like I got going to the Japan territory. It was gonna be a little uh, that that could have started something. I think that could have started like some type of a war, at least between them and New Japan, because now you're going into their territory. Right. You're not gonna right. give it up easy. Right. Well, you gotta that. understand too in Japan, right? And this is not um. This is not uh, including, like, the world. I'm just specifically talking about Japan. Yes. New Japan is the WWE in Japan. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're the big dog. Then everything else, like all these other promotions, obviously, like Pro Wrestling Noah, DDT. Um, you got All Japan. Uh, what, what's another promotion out there? Uh, big, Japan, big Japan, Stardom. Like, you know, they all fall, like, in their d- different divisions. But, like, yeah. New Japan's the big dog out in Japan. They're the WWE. Right. Exactly. And then WWE is trying to go to their territory. They're going to take that as a as disrespect instead of coming in there and trying to work with them. Right. You know, and I I, I totally agree with that. But uh, damn, we got we got so far off track of NXT takeover. <laughs> but um, it happens. It happens. You know what I'm saying? Uh, another match I wanted to talk about with Takeover that I felt really gave like a shot of energy to NXT because I felt like even though NXT hasn't been, you know, faulting in the ring. Everything in the ring is fire. It's just characters. There's really no no characters there. There's oh, no yeah. story around. Now we see it with Adam Cole. He's over here super kicking the whole the, everybody that was there. He just left Roddy in the corner because Roddy was like, yo, yo, I, I don't want no smoke. I'm all right. I'm good. I'm chilling. As, as much as I love Roderick Strong, like I'm a fan <laughs> of Roderick Strong, but let's keep it 1,000 all right here. Yes. Yeah. Roderick Strong. It's like the like it's like the cousin nobody really gives a shit about. All right, and I like Roddy. I like Roddy. Undisputed. Yeah, like listen, we like hey, remember he was the last member to join too. Like listen, the only reason they put him in there is because like okay, they're all former Ring of Honor guys. You know, it makes sense, and they're really all best friends in real life, right? But like, let's be honest here. He's the he's the less charismatic out of the four. Um, don't get me wrong, he's amazing in the ring. But he's like kind of like the forgotten cousin. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I like Roddy. I I, I don't mean no disrespect, but I'm calling no, him. I totally understand what you're saying. You know what's fucking crazy too? I think it was what <laughs> that's Survivor the- Series. <laughs> I think it was like Survivor Survivor Series 2018. He had that fire match where they had the three uh, the triple threat with the. He with won. The- yeah, and he right? won. 
Like, AJ Naka. It was. I remember. I remember. I did a post uh, for that that match because when they announced the match, I'm like, "Yo, this is incredible, right?" Yeah. I remember I did the post and I got the graphic from the actual. Um, you know, you know the, the, the graphics that they put on WWE. They'll be like, "Oh, this is one of the matches." Yeah. So I remember I put. Um, I went, you know, because I'm always making memes and doing crazy shit. So I added the New Japan logo on Nakamura. I added the TNA logo on AJ, and then I added the Ring of Honor logo on Roger. Because that's pretty much what the match was. It was TNA versus New Japan versus Ring of Honor in a WWE ring. <laughs> in a WWE <laughs> ring. But see, that, right. and, that, and that right there holds to to what I was just saying earlier. Like they don't really need to fuck with nobody. They could have great matches all with their own their own roster, which is crazy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But That's back to uh, uh, the Adam Cole situation, that adds a layer now. Now the WWE Universe is going to see the magic they did in ROH, if if it goes that route. Right. Because I, I, I was there for that final battle when it was- I was there too, bro. Yo, dude, that match had me, and I was at the balcony, so I'm like over here like, oh, shit. Yo, I, I was in the balcony too, man. <laughs> I was like in the in the mid-level. You know, funny story about that, and because and, I, I definitely want to touch on this, but yeah. like, so the match before that was the Briscoes or the Young Bucks. I don't know if you remember that. That was yeah. the match before, and that took a lot of gas from the crowd. Oh hell yeah! Look that, like during the Adam Cole and Kyle, and Kyle O'Reilly match. If you go back and watch it, like on TV or whatever DVD or whatever, it's amazing. But when being there in the live crowd, the crowd was kind of dead in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So me being a heel that I am, right, I turned on the crowd and I was like, "This crowd sucks." This crowd sucks. <laughs> it's like, yo, we're watching Cole and O'Reilly. Like, yo, let's get excited, bro, because the match was good, but the crowd was just like, because, you know, they just, just gassed out from the match yeah. before. Yeah. No, but, it, and that happens. Like, you know, I, I went to Final Battle, I think it was like the last three times that they had it in, in the city. And, yo, everyone, it was just like, oh, man, it, it was just too much I, going on all at once. You're like, what the fuck? I remember Dalton Castle winning the R, uh, the ROH title. That was that was a big that was a big moment right there. Um, I was there too. I was there yeah. too. <laughs> um, they also had the the War of the Worlds that I went to. That's where I got to meet um, Nido for the first time, and I was just like, "This nigga's cooler in person." I was like, "Oh, this is fucking amazing." He, he's cool, and he's also very humble. Like very he doesn't humble. he doesn't he doesn't like put that you know act like he does like an yeah, in yeah. TV or whatever. He's very humble, dude. Yeah, but. Not not uh Tanahashi. <laughs> uh, Ta- Tanahashi's a god. <laughs> oh, dude, that nigga was yo. He was just he was just looking for somebody to sponsor him. I'm like, that's not me, bro. This is not Japan. I'm not sponsoring you. I'm not taking you. Out. <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. Uh, listen, I'm not fat ass Masa. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Take me, Chris. I tell you wrestling stories like wrestling. <laughs> What the fuck, man? Like, fuck that. I'm about to take you uptown. We're going to eat some coochie frito if you want. Nigga. I'm about to go smoke some haze, nigga. You better get fuck out of here. <laughs> that shit on the corner. But yeah, man, uh, we got we also got uh Cameron Grimes coming back. And I love Bro. the way he came back. Bro, I love that shit. That shit had me dying. I'm like, yo, this is gonna work. This he found it. He found his shit. This is gonna work. And he's gonna he better run with that shit. He better run Bro. with it. Oh. To the moon, yo, the twenty twenty one Jamie Noble, bro. <laughs> That's a good comparison. That's the twenty twenty one Jamie Noble right there, B. Oh shit, that's funny. Now with Cameron Grimes, we've seen him, you know, get that real good TV exposure. He's always in a you know a big match, not the main event, but a big match. Right, loses. Now 
Is this the new form of the enhancement talent? Oh, okay. I feel you. I feel you. I, it, I think it, right it, now with Cameron Grimes, since they, they're putting him in this new kind of like Ric Flair, Ted DiBiase-esque role, right? That's the only thing I could really compare it to, right? You know, because he's like, uh, he's a billionaire because of the stocks, et cetera, et cetera. I don't see him necessarily catching L's, but if he does catch L's, his like loophole would be like, but I still got all this money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right, and that works, bro, that can work for a guy like him. Cause you know what? He's a good enough talent that he can rattle off a couple of wins and you can take him serious as a threat. And even if he loses a couple in a row, he's such a good character that he, those L's will get eaten up in the character work that he does on some shit. And yo, <laughs> yo, the nigga came out. I was dying that fucking suit. <laughs> the glasses, bro. The glasses, and he still had the top hat. I'm like, yo, who is he trying to be? Is he trying to be Dumb and Dumber when he first came out? I didn't get it. And then we started talking. I was like, oh, the stock market. This is fucking genius. Whoever thought of it. Can we give? Can we acknowledge um the dude from Russell and Flow, the 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 fucking rap that he did for Cameron yeah. Grimes? It's so oh, yeah, good. Bro. It's yeah. so good. But I, that kid that got talent, bro. Yeah, he's really good, bro. He's really good. He did the the song for the vent for vengeance, like that. That was him at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He did a song. Right. He's done. He's done a lot of. Yeah. Uh, he does a song for uh, Sean Spears too on AEW. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It was Sean Spears? Okay, I, the first time I heard him is when he did the rap over the Samoa Joe theme. Yeah, that was the first time I was like, I was like oh, I was like, who's this? Went through his whole catalog, and then I seen he had stuff with uh, Marty Skull, yeah, uh, Adam Cole. I'm like, and then and then I see him come out with Adam Cole. I'm like, right. all right, that was, yeah, that was dope. That was dope. That was when he came out with Adam Cole. Definitely, and that was Takeover. What was that? Takeover twenty five, I think. Was it twenty five? That was the one in Portland, right? Yeah, no, no, no. That was the one in. Uh, oh, that was the one in the in the performance center. Right, 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 right. Oh man, that was good. Yo, man, shout out to him. He's doing his thing. Nah, yeah, he is. On NXT also, you know, we got we got the, you know, we got Cameron Grimes coming back, and we've seen a new addition to the roster. Eli Drake. I don't know if I could call him LA Knight yet. Even though the name was a little corny, I feel like he could still really work with that shit. Uh, what do you think about the the addition of Eli Drake? What do you think he's gonna bring to the company in itself? So E E Eli Drake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Eli Drake. I, I've been following this dude since his impact run. And then he went to the NWA. And it's just one of those guys that you look at him and you're like, yo, how come this guy hasn't been to the WWE? I know he had a cup of coffee in the early NXT days. I forget what was his name in NXT. But uh, he made a name for himself outside of the WWE. Um, now, when it comes to the name LA Knight, is it kind of cheesy? Yeah, but we have heard worse names. I think a guy like Eli Drake, could make this name work um because you know with the whole syllable like la night he'll make it work he's that much he's that great of a talker i know some people because listen when, when we see one of these guys that they sign to wb after they do so much great work outside of it the biggest fear especially and sometimes i feel like it's a little bit unfair sometimes you gotta you know sometimes we gotta give sometimes critiques to wb and shit on them when they deserve it and then other times it's like Come on, let's let's kind of like take a breather and let's yes. see what happens, right? right? So with a guy like 
Eli Drake, one of the biggest concerns, like, oh my God, they're just going to bury him like EC3, et cetera, et cetera. Like, listen, as much as I like EC3, Eli Drake smokes EC3 on the mic. All right. They're not even comparable. So I think Eli Drake will be fine. I don't even see him having very a long run in NXT, to be honest with you. That's how good he is, I think. I think Vince is going to take one look at, at him and go like, all right, we're get, we got to do something with him either on Raw and SmackDown at some point. Um, maybe you'll see him getting a North American championship run. I don't know. At somewhere down the line. Or maybe even an NXT title run. But right now, the NXT world title uh, picture is so convoluted because we don't know what Karrion Cross is going to do after his uh, match with uh, my guy um, Santos. Then you got Adam Cole, Balor, O'Reilly. So it, it's so like convoluted. I don't necessarily see LA Knight being in that picture. Maybe the North American at some point. But I don't think his NXT run is going to be that long. Not at all. I feel, I feel that it's so like I, everything. Everything feels so. Uh, what was the word I'm looking for? Um, like packed. Everything feels so jam packed within the rosters that I could see him being there for a while. The reason why I could see him being there for a while is that NXT doesn't look like developmental anymore. I mean, of course, you'll see. You know, you'll see guys like uh, Ty, uh Tyler Tyler Russ, the one that's with Malcolm Bivens. Like yeah. you'll see him, you'll see uh uh big boy, what's his name? Thick boy. Um, um Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed, like you'll see guys like that have their matches here and there because they, they're they're ready to have matches on TV, but they're not ready to go to that next level yet. So that right. to that point it looks developmental, but everything else on the on the on the roster itself, everybody is ready for TV. Everybody knows what they're doing. NXT isn't a brand in its own where I feel that. They can they can really be as big as uh, AEW, getting those ratings of nine hundred to a mil on a, on a weekly basis. I mean, you know, we we can see we see AEW still having a little trouble with it, but it's on, it's still in its infancy, so we we don't know where where it's gonna go after year two. Right. But I could see Eli Drake kind of inserting himself, like you said, in the North American title, and at some point maybe being beating. Kushida, maybe Kushida getting that title around Mania, Mania week, you know, when they have their takeovers there, if they're having a takeover there. And then Kushida holding it for a while and the LA Knight coming in and swooping in and getting that and probably holding it down towards the summer. That's what I, I think, that's what I see with him. I think um <laughs> they needed somebody like that. They needed a character like that. You know what I'm saying? Someone that can talk his fucking ass off. You know what I mean? And He's another a rare guy that can talk as a heel and he can talk as a baby face. You know what I'm saying? He can he can do either or and do either or well. <clears throat> I think he's going to be there for a while. I think he's going to be here for a while because his character work is going to help out some of these guys that are in this upper mid-card and top-of-the-card picture that are not good talkers. I can see him, I can see him being a baby face and I can see him feuding with you know, Dunn and Lorkin and Birch. And I can see him feuding with, you know, Cole and these guys, like, going forward. I think now they need to start him with somebody that has, is an established guy there so he can get a rub as well. But I can see he, I can see him running with the LA Knight thing. It works. The name is, you know, whatever. But he's going to make it work. It The fucking the Eli Drake shit, it still works. So that, that's what – that's kind of where – I think that's why he picked that fucking name because he was like – I've worked so hard to build this type of brand. People already know my promos from this type of shit. I can't just completely flip it now. Like, 
I'm going to go with something that I can just transition into like easily and still do my thing and still just make it my own. So he's going to take the LA night thing and psh, he's going to run to the moon with it. And I feel, I feel like he's going to be there for a minute. He's going to be in the NXT title picture after all the smoke clears right now, right. with everyone top of there, maybe going into the end of the, of 2021, going into 2022, I can definitely see him winning that title. He's going to talk his way into a main event spot on NXT, the same way he did on impact. You know what I'm saying? Going back to what you said too, Nathan, about NXT not being developmental. I've been saying this for a while now. I don't even like when a talent moves to Raw or SmackDown. I don't be like, oh, they're getting called up. Like to me, that's not a call up anymore. Look at like a performer like Ember Moon. Yeah. Her run in Raw and SmackDown was not that not that she wasn't great in the ring, but it was forgettable because they didn't do really anything with her. You go, you see her now in NXT. You see her confidence is back up. She's performing to the top tier level yes. and it's because the way NXT runs to me NXT is just another brand that's all it is it's just another brand now especially with NXT evolve rumblings you're hearing that that's going to be the developmental and NXT yes. it's 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 his own entity it's not a it's not a downgrade it's not when you move to a raw or smackdown it's not a call up to me I think once this whole COVID thing is over with we're going to see NXT plugged back into like this whole like okay let's do this draft Oh, we're gonna move so and so to NXT and move this person right. to Raw. We're gonna see the the triple threats again in Survivor Series because to me, that Survivor Series was amazing. Yeah, Top that was one of the best. That was one of the best ones I've seen. And Definitely my favorite. a star in Keith Lee. As much yep. as we love him and we love him because we've seen him live, we got to interact with him with an India <laughs> and all that. It, it it's true, man. Like the WWE universe, like mainstream, it's a different monster. You know, you got to be known there as well as you're known in the Indies. That, if you can make that transition, that's when you're going to succeed. And I feel like with that, if it wasn't for that Survivor Series and his stare down with Lesnar, we probably wouldn't see Lee like that. And it couldn't have happened. And and granted, right now with, with Keith Lee, they, it's another conversation. But yeah, going back to a year, going back to a year ago, that moment, that 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 amazing showcase he had with at Survivor Series, and especially that that fist pump moment that he got with Roman Reigns. You know, fast forward to to Royal Rumble with that stare down with Brock Lesnar, and you hear Brock Lesnar say, "Who is this motherfucker?" You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it couldn't have happened to a better guy, and they should have capitalized on that moment. Obviously, they kind of did with putting the NXT Championship on it, and then North American. But then at the same time, it's like, especially in the COVID era that we're in, that that run he had with those titles especially the NXT world title, it was so short. Like, Very short. You look back at it now, knowing that we know now, like, obviously, Karrion Car- Cross got hurt. Maybe we could have waited a while for that match. Maybe to, like, two takeovers down the line. We didn't need it for uh, the takeover during SummerSlam week. And maybe we could have waited a while and let, like, Keith Lee have a longer run right. with, the, with that title because you see what happened when he moved to Raw. Like, yeah, he had a cup of coffee with Randy Orton, but he's kind of been, like, off and on, and then, then I get like the whole the music change, you know, with you know, because uh, what was going on with some copyright stuff or whatever with uh, with uh, what is it, uh, CFO. CFO, whatever. Yeah. So he changes music, you put this stupid gimmick on him, and then you even shave his like facial hair. It's like, come on, man, this ain't the Keith Lee I know. Like, <laughs> I want my Keith Lee to have facial hair. To who cares? He it's not even like it's not even that he looks like 
and I, I hate to body shame here, but it's not like he looks like disgusting or overweight. He's just a big guy, but he looks like he looks incredible to me. He's an in incredible shape. He's just a big husky dude. He's a brawler. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I feel like you look at Keith Lee. Yo, they will love him in Japan. They will love him in Japan. Bro, there's no way he can't be in shape. Just look at the performances he's done since he's been on the main roster. The he's dude just is... A, he's just a big guy. Just, like, I just right. hate that they put that gimmick on him. He, it's like, what are you doing to my guy, Keith Lee? What, what, what are you doing to him? Leave him alone. Right, man. <laughs> Who cares if he's a big dude? What? Let his titties hang. So what? It's all right. He's still going to do a moonsault on somebody. He's good. I mean, even, look, look what he did in that match with, with Drew McIntyre. And I feel like that, that match he had with Drew McIntyre was, was showing of what he can do and i feel like they put him in that situation in order to prove to himself and to everybody like he yeah he could do it but like i said man like i i just feel sometimes they move too slow for us you yeah. know what i'm saying because we're like damn oh my god what are they doing with keith Lee? oh my god and then it gets to the point where like i right, fuck this nigga forget it whatever they're not gonna do anything with him and then i don't know and then and also to add on to that, even with his promo work, like I feel like his promo work on Raw is a little bit too animated compared yes. to the promos that he was doing at NXT. And NXT is just a different animal. They give more, uh, they take more input from the talent in NXT, especially from what we read on the reports and dirt sheets, whatever. Yeah. Um, when it comes to Raw and SmackDown, everything's so overproduced. Even to the broadcasting team is overproduced. So it's it's just a different animal. It's 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 unfortunate. Um, that's why, you know, fingers crossed whenever Vince decides to like, be like, all right, I'm tapping out. Like that's it. And Triple H takes the realm. I think we're going to see a different product for both Raw and SmackDown. Now, granted, SmackDown's doing incredible work. Hey, there's a probably couple questionable things, maybe two or three things that you're looking, think it's uh, a little bit too, not for me, but SmackDown for the most part is a great show. Now, Raw, I don't want to even talk about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you, man. I got to, I have a. Because we're talking about Vince McMahon here. You think Vince McMahon on his deathbed is going to give the fans what they want? You're going to have Shane, Stephanie, and fucking Triple H sitting there, and here's the paperwork for ownership of WWE. You think he's going to sign that shit to fucking Hunter? Like, here, you take over for what I'm doing. Your executive producer now. All the shots run through you. Nigga, hell no. You bugging the fuck out. He's going to sign this to Eric Bischoff. <laughs> and that, you know what? You dude, yo, big, that's so, big, that's like some Vince Russo like bookie right there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Since you're mentioning like the whole like signing off here, can I throw like a quick scenario at y'all and yeah. tell me what y'all think? I think when Vince, if, if and I'm not wishing the man death, but if Vince somehow is on his deathbed, deathbed and he's like, when he gets you know, summoned back to hell, right? I, if whenever Vince is no longer with us, I feel, in my opinion, and I, I think this is a very strong possibility, Vince is gonna sell fucking WWE to NBC, and Triple H is gonna become like the Dana White of WWE. Oh, I could see that. See that happening. I could. See I could see. That. Especially with what the deal that they just cut right now with the Peacock and the network. And, and just to add one more little thing to that, I feel safe as a wrestling fan, right? I feel a little bit more safe WWE being in the hands of NBC than fucking Disney. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because ESPN Definitely. and Disney want they they were there was rumblings that they kind of wanted to you know buy some stock or even buy WWE at one point. ESPN wanted 
by WWE. That's what that's what that shit was. And that, that's but, why they said and, they're not gonna they're not gonna show any more uh, WWE content on ESPN because they're actually pretty tight that they didn't get to buy it. That'd be funny if ESPN starts looking for like other wrestling companies and be like, right, wait, wait, well, wait, well, let's, let's add a little bit of Japan in our channel, or let's add a little bit of other, you know. <laughs> Let's see what right. he thinks about that. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. But um, I could see that happening because of the relationship he's had with NBC, what, for like 30 plus years already? Maybe more? At least, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Probably so, even more than that, bro. Yeah, and I feel, I feel everybody says Triple H, Triple H, Triple H, but a person working behind the scenes that nobody really talks about too much until like certain, you know, rumblings come out. Oh, he produced this. He produced that. It's Shane McMahon. Oh yeah. 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 Shane McMahon, the last two years has been producing the rumble. Yeah. Yeah. What he's been doing with a close knit group of people. Like he's, it's, I think it's him, uh, Jason Jordan and Jamie Noble. One thing about Shane too, uh, since you mentioned him and I'm a big Shane McMahon fan, Shane, He's like the only McMahon that doesn't rub people the wrong way either. He's very well liked backstage. Everybody loves him because I think he just talks to people like they're fucking human beings, <laughs> like uh, you know Vince and Stephanie. But you yeah. know that's another story to another day. But apparently, like Shane, like everybody has said, like you never heard like one negative story about Shane. You notice that you always hear stories about Vince. You always hear stories about Stephanie. Shane never gets heat because like people just treat him as like one of the boys. Exactly. People fuck. I mean, if you think about it, he was there in the early days setting up the ring. He even he he was even a ref for certain matches on the road. That's right. Like he he was always entrenched with the guys, always around the guys. So I mean, I think they like you said, man. They they respect him for that, you know. And if it's him and Triple H later on down the line, you know, having the keys to the realm and they're the ones running everything. I just hope they go back to an essence of having a smaller writing team. Because it seems like, you know, from what we've seen with a smaller writing team, a lot more shit gets done. A lot more shit is, is more interesting and entertaining. Even, um, what's his name? Um, Brian, Brian, what's his name again? Fuck. He, he's, he works with the, rock, with the Rock right now. Brian, Brian Gortz. Yeah. He said when he was there, it was just him and a couple people. Or like JBL calls him, Gewertz. Gewertz. <laughs> you, you mentioned the writing team. Um, so I listened to a... Keeping it 100, the Conan podcast yeah. with Disco um, and Joe Feeney, right? Um, shout out to Conan. I hope he's doing good because yeah. apparently he's fighting uh, COVID right now. Yeah. But uh, I was this week's episode, they had um, Mike Bennett and Nick Aldis on. And Mike Bennett and Disco were kind of having a debate of like, you know, wrestlers now with like this whole social media world compared to the wrestlers back in the like the, uh, Attitude Era, Monday Night Wars, whatever. It was a nice debate. It was a very, very interesting conversation. So if you guys haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. But okay. one of the things Mike Bennett pointed out was everybody always shits on like the writers. And he, he said the total opposite. The writers come up with some great ideas. The problem is the filter is Vince. So if Vince goes like, nah, this is shit, even if it's a great idea, they always have to accommodate Vince. They always have to, because they 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 have a job too, right? They don't want to lose their jobs. He says a lot of these writers, yeah, they might have came from like a, a TV show or maybe movies, but a lot of these writers are also wrestling fans too, and they understand the business. The problem is that filter Vince or maybe Bruce Pritchard or whoever, uh, one of uh, Vince McMahon, other Lambones, right? They, <laughs> that's their filter. That's, a, that's the filter. So a lot of these ideas don't get portrayed on TV, unfortunately. And it's, it's wild, man, because if that's the case, 
that 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 shit sucks. Like that that really sucks. I mean, you know, it's always out there. We'll we'll hear from the wrestlers that were there, and they will say things like that. And it's like, come on, man. Before I felt like before it was more like a guerrilla guerrilla war tactic. Like, yo, we're gonna do this. See if it works. If it doesn't, fuck it. You know. And I felt like with this COVID area, we we saw we saw it a little bit. A little bit, like you know, with AEW trying different things and new things, you know, easing the way, easing the way of the fans back into the arena, using Daly's place in a different way, you know, especially with uh, the the street fights that they had, you know, with best friends and uh, LAX. Oh my God, that's you know what that was. I wish you know what that would get more light, but that was. Hold on one second, and what they did with the Money in the Bank uh, match, yeah, the Money in the Bank match was fucking horrible. <laughs> All right, it, it, it was, they tried different, but they tried. Right. I feel like you know he's they probably see shit like that when they probably go left just to see if it works, and it doesn't. They just keep to like a certain area of pro wrestling where they're like, all right, cool, we just keep it here. You know, it's been working. Why change? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you just hit a nerve when you mention money in the bank, bro. <laughs> All those matches, they were fucking horrible. You know, Yo, but. The shit with AEW, what they were doing though, what how they introduced the fans and how they were how they're switching things up and how they're introducing more outside talent that's not just pure wrestling for pure wrestling fans because that shit doesn't fucking work anywhere. If you put wrestling on TV like that, this shit's not gonna last. They've had to up the entertainment value and they've definitely sat back and watched to see what Big Dog WWE was gonna do because they had no fucking idea what they were going to do. It felt, it felt like niggas were spinning their wheels and WWE's approach of, yo, we have to figure this shit out one way. So they tried, you know, Money in the Bank and the Swamp fucking match, which is another one that was fucking terrible, but still they tried something new and it's like, they did all these things and it's like, yo, all of that shit trickled down and you saw other companies using this. Now Impact's doing cinematic matches and all that shit. Like, and it's like, it's spread out in a way where niggas, they had you gotta borrow from each other in this situation, right? You can't. It wasn't not... even a swap match. It was more like a lily pad match, bro. That shit, <laughs> fucking, they shit. Look like they shot that shit in someone's pool in the dark at night, right in over here in Orlando down the bottom. Of and and listen, this is all subjective too, right? Because we're all yeah. gonna have different opinions, especially with all these different promotions. And, and you know, closing out twenty twenty, like one of the things that. Like I, I want, like I think I did in my last post of the year. Um, like we all have different opinions. We might have our favorite companies or favorite wrestlers, but like this is new to everybody. This COVID era that we're in, right? Yeah, there were some hiccups in every promotion, right? But like, yo, they, these talents are still giving us wrestling. Wrestling never stopped, never fucking stopped. They kept going, and yes, it, it was a learning curve or whatever. And to be honest with you, NXT, I love NXT, right? I'm kind of happy that we're in this COVID era because, man, Full Sail, to me, is a, I, I can't stand the Full Sail crowd. I'm not a fan of Full Sail <laughs> at all. I think the Full Sail crowd is annoying as hell. So I'm kind of happy that we haven't dealt with Full Sail because I'm just happy that, you know, it, we're getting kind of like the performance center. And then, like, in the early days, we kind of uh, yeah. had, like, the talent being, like, the, the fans, kind of like what AEW is doing. Yeah. But this is all a learning, learning curve for all these promotions. Yeah, we see New Japan, obviously – they're doing like smaller capacity shows or whatever with fans or whatever. But even with them, like they're not allowed to cheer or anything like that. They only could clap. That's it. And you watch that and it's like, man, 
us Americans are a fucking bunch of morons. You see, they get live wrestling and they're paying attention and they're not even cheering. They know how to listen. We don't listen at all. What's wrong with us? <laughs> not at all. But and, and then you know, think about it. <laughs> think about it like this much. It, um with Roman and the way he's doing his promos now, and he's being real stoked and the way he talks and Imagine if there was a crowd around. We wouldn't hear shit. It'll be just like when he... But check this out. Here's the flip side of that, though, with Roman, right? Because Roman is doing the best work in his career right now. There's no argument. He's doing the best work in his career right now. Not that he was ever shit in the ring, but just when it comes to character development, right? Us as fans, because we're so jaded when it comes to everything, because he's playing such a great heel role right now, right? He has to do something like... He has to do some dirtbag shit for the crowd to boom. Because I have a funny feeling, like, if this was happening in a live crowd, I feel we would hear that split. Like, I think people would cheer this guy because he's playing that much good of a heel right now. Like, his work right now is just phenomenal. Yeah. Like, if he was, if he would have had, like, started the, the, the run that he's on right now, if he would have started that in the beginning of 2020, right, there, there's probably no argument to name him wrestler of 2020. That's how good his work is. Facts. Yeah, and all his all his matches have been great. Even you know, and even though like they've been kind of like you know, the same thing. You know, he had two matches with with Jay. He had another uh, like what three matches with Kevin Owens, and and that's another guy. I was a little I was a little skeptical going into World War. I'm like, damn, another match with Owens. I'm like, fuck. As soon as that match, yo, Owens is just a fat Jeff Hardy, bro. That motherfucker <laughs> jump off for anything, bro. Hey, listen, he's been, at this point. Kevin Owens is a better Jeff Hardy than current Jeff Hardy. That's how, <laughs> that's how, that's how Kevin Owens, like I'm convinced that Kevin Owens or Roman Reigns can never have a bad match. And that's another thing, what you just mentioned, look at what, on top of the amazing work Roman Reigns is doing as a character right now, look what he's done for Jay Uso. Look what he's done for Kevin Owens. You can make the argument that we as a fan base haven't, haven't taken Kevin Owens seriously since that Goldberg loss. And that was back in 2017. Yeah, man. I mean, he he started he started to get his things together with uh, Jericho when he went on that little that little segment with Jericho and the Festival of Friendship and stuff like that. And like you say, he lost the title, and then it's like, all right, shit, kind of like you know, kind of like East from even though he had like about what I think it was like three U.S. Championship runs, two IC runs, but it just didn't mean anything. It had no meaning to it. So I totally understand that. Definitely understand that. Kevin Owens needs a big push to that, bro. He they need he needs something good. He needs some gold. He needs something. He needs to be involved in a good storyline after this one for taking the ass whippings that he's taking and for <laughs> eating those three fucking L's. Like, give the throw the nigga a bone, son. What the fuck? Give that nigga a title run. Give him something. Give him something that means something. Don't waste the momentum you've built under him for this. That's why I feel like yo Jay Uso was so hot and he's cooled off so much, like. I'm like, fuck, why? Like, why, why, why not? Don't fuck well, that's, well, that's, and I think that's happening by, by design, too. Because sometimes, like, I'll do these posts, like, on, like you know, one, I remember one post I did is like, yo, man, Roman Reigns really got Jey Uso looking like a bitch right now. But that's part of the story. I don't mean no disrespect to, to Jey Uso when I say that. But, yo, Roman Reigns really got Jey Uso looking like a bitch. And right. then you have, like, all these, like, you know, you know, the fucking IWC, whatever. Well, you gotta let the story play. I'm like, I'm not dissing Jey Uso. I'm just calling a spade a spade. Like, yo, Roman got Jey Uso looking like a bitch. But this is all, I think this is happening by design where 
we're at the point right now where Jay Uso has to be a Lambon to Roman Reigns. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he has to be that. He has to be that. Like that's his position right now. And when Jimmy comes back, maybe that has to be his position too. Or maybe Jimmy starts getting to Jay's ear, like, yo, what are you doing, bro? Like he's talking, you know, Roman's saying all this shit about like, you know, respecting the family, but he's disrespecting the family for his actions. Like there's so yeah. many things, there's so many different directions you go with this. Yeah. And talking about directions to go with it, um, Elimination Chamber. Oof. You know, on both sides of the situation, there's so much that could happen with uh, the the raw the raw Elimination Chamber match. You have so many um, underlining stories there. Anything can happen. You got you still have Miz and his and his fucking uh, briefcase. You got Randy Orton there, who we all know that. Vince loves a great match, especially if it has a title. What if Randy Orton wins that title and then goes into WrestleMania facing The Fiend? We've seen The Fiend. The, what The Fiend has been doing with WrestleMania is getting back losses that mean something to him. Mm-hmm. So that could be that could be one way of going at it. I think or, they're going to have a match, but I don't think it's going to be for the title. And, yo, I don't think anybody... If anyone's sleeping on The Miz at all, you're fucking retarded because he's going to be champion this year. Whether you want it to happen or not, he's going to be champion this year. And you know what? It's going to be a fucking glorious moment. He fucking deserves it, goddammit. I think, I think, to be honest with you, I think it's long overdue. I think it's way long overdue. Miz, Bro, he's been 10 years. Miz, been 10 years. Miz, money, Mr. Money in the Bank. First of all, I think it was the right move because I, I think Otis being Money in the Bank was fucking Fuck atrocious. Otis. I fucking hate it. Oh, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Wait, wait. Now fuck Otis right now, because what he did yesterday, I was in genuine shock and so happy. I'm like, yes, use your fat ass and be a fucking bad. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus Christ. And he did it to the right person, because no matter, you poke Daniel Yo, Bryan in the crowd. Him, him, so, him, uh, him and Gable together, it kind of reminds I love me of, of the villains from Ninja Turtles. You know, the brain, Crane. But I was like, I didn't, I didn't, you know what I mean? But. I feel, what's his name? Cranium. 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 Yeah. <laughs> he just telling him what to do. No, no, don't go over there. Yo, you're good. You're good. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but back to Miz. I think it's right, long right. overdue with him. I, I think his why he. I'm happy. Is he's Mr. Money in the Bank. I think his. Uh, I think his. Uh, his booking has been a little bit wonky with him and John Morrison. Like I made the comparison. Like they're pretty much like the bulk and skull of WWE at this point, bulk right? And skull. Like that's what they, that's what they are, and and I don't mean no disrespect to both Miz and Morrison because I love both guys, especially yeah, yeah. Morrison. You've seen all of the shit that Morrison did outside of WWE, and then you got him in here playing, you know, just doing like a lot of like dumb shit. Like like Morrison is playing like a dumb character. Like yeah. like it's crazy to say that because he's so talented. Like I don't even remember the last time he did like Starship Pain in the ring. Like when was the last time? Like I don't even remember that. But that's like funny. at least with Miz, he is Mister Money in the Bank, and I'm and I agree with you one hundred percent, Big. I think. It's a matter of time. At some point this year, he's going to be champion again. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. Sure. And you know what? It's going to be... He's 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 not going to do it to... He's not going to go to SmackDown and do it. He's not going to do none of that shit. It's going to be on Raw. And, yo, and it's going to be on somebody that the people are going... They're going to lose their fucking mind. They're going to go crazy. Like, what the fuck? So, I forgot about this nigga. Or so maybe... You know- so I got you said that, go. right? You said that. Like, the way Miz has to cash in, he has to do to someone that that this the, the crowd's got to be hot. Like, why would you do that? You mentioned, and I don't know who, what champion he's going to cash it in, but you mentioned, like, 
Like, he won't go to SmackDown. What if Edge beats Roman, if that's the match, and he cashes in on Edge? The crowd would be lose their mind on Edge. On like, the fact that Edge finally got his moment and Miz just steals that. The ultimate opportunist, now the new ultimate opportunist, yeah. Miz takes the title off from Edge. Yo, that Tampa Bay crowd will lose their fucking minds. And then just to Yo. hit him with that skull-crushing finale, when you know he has a bad neck. <laughs> I, I have this scenario, especially after seeing last night. I think that whoever wins the SmackDown Elimination Chamber and gets the match with uh, Roman, I see Edge coming out and doing a Goldberg to Eddie Guerrero, spearing Roman and costing him the title at Elimination Chamber. He loses the title. The person, whoever the fuck it is, holds it to the next pay-per-view, Roman gets it back, and now you that's when now you have Roman and Edge from that perspective. I don't see Miz doing that to even though that that's a fucking great idea. But I feel like that's a fucking great no, that idea is fucking awesome. Like on some shit. But I feel like I feel like Edge is gonna cost Roman the title tomorrow on some shit. So you you gotta look at Especially with the, what they would do with Kevin Owens, it's like Kevin Owens got to get something. I, I, I do. I would like. I would like Kevin Owens to kind of get the title from Roman, even if it's for a month. It, it right. would be unfortunate that Kevin Owens would just have the title just for a month. But who knows, dude? There's so many different scenarios. Like, yeah, the money match would be Edge and Roman, but you know, with the incredible work Kevin Owens is doing, what if he becomes like a three way dude? Like, but not even right not even not even just kevin owens just everything daniel bryan's been doing for the past month everything cesaro's been yeah. doing for the past month like he might be gonna show up. they're going to give i think they're going to give that that highlight spot where there's always that one person in the elimination chamber every would have won because he was kicking ass it's going to be cesaro he'll be like right. one of the last three in i think and that's right. what i kind of miss um I kind of miss these ladder matches that we get like at Mania where it's like a multi-man match, whether it's for like the IC title or even like the original Money in the Bank idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. Money in the Bank now has his own pay-per-view. But for whatever reason, to me, the whole Money in the Bank ladder match being at Mania, to me, it, it, was like awesome. a, it felt like a bigger deal than the actual Hell pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah Hell. It, it definitely did. And um, just like I was saying with the, with the Raw uh, Elimination Chamber match and we're seeing with the SmackDown, I mean, what if Jay Uso wins? And then Roman comes down. He's like, yo, listen, go on the floor. I'm going to pin you right now, and I'm going to keep this belt. I'm going to keep it moving. And he's like, nah, Uso, you bugging, bro. Like, <laughs> I just went through this, this hell. And then that's where his brother might come in. What if his brother comes in like, yo, don't do it. Don't hypothetically do it. speaking, and I'm, I'm being very hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. let's say while you're sipping your beer, hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, right, let's say Jay Uso was to win. Roman is such a dirtbag. Like, let's say if the match takes place right after the chamber match, yo, they're going to raise that chamber, right? The chamber of elimination. They're going to raise that chamber up or whatever, right? Roman's going to go in there. He Roman is so disrespectful, he's not even going to take off his shirt. Roman's going to go in there. Boom, spear. He's going to tell the referee to fucking ring the bell. He's probably going to spear him again and then pin him one, two, three, and that's it for, that's it for Jay. And that's how disrespectful Roman is. You know, he, I'm going to add one more to that. You know how disrespectful he's going to be? Then he's going to pick him up, put him on his shoulder, and go to the back. <laughs> They carry him backstage. Hey, he's gonna be like, Matt, <laughs> you see, Oos, why I had to do this to you? Oos? He's like, but you oh, did it. Oh just- man, <laughs> yo, Roman, yo, but what Roman. about the raw? What about the raw 
elimination chamber match. What do you like? I was saying, like you can have Randy Orton win that. The most obvious from what it seems like is Sheamus. The way they've been building Sheamus, especially the last like four months or so, four or five months, he's been built pretty well. And now, so what about what about this type of scenario? Because I feel I agree with you that if we're talking about off momentum, it should be Sheamus because. The storyline between him and Drew, that match at WrestleMania writes itself because of the personal history and, and all that shit. And you already know the video package on that shit, they're going to show them niggas from when they were like three years old together. I don't know how, <laughs> but they're going to figure out a way. That you already know how WWE is, you know what I mean? But I think that, I think Sheamus can win and then the last three people in the match have to have a triple threat at the next pay-per-view to be the number one contender. Drew's obviously going to be He's going to probably have to come in first and he'll be the last one to get pinned at the end by Sheamus because Sheamus is coming in last. That built that perfect. It builds itself that way. So now Drew goes into Mania being the challenger for the title and he gets his moment in Raymond James Stadium where he was supposed to win the title last year in front of a crowd. All right, 25,000 people is not 80,000 people, but it's more than fucking zero. And he gets that win back and now... You take the rocket that you already had strapped to him. Now you put another rocket on that shit and let that nigga go because he deserves that win and he deserves another. Let that nigga go be the champion for a little while, bro. Let him do it. And then eventually, Sheamus can be the person to take it back from maybe at SummerSlam. But I can see that scenario playing out like that. You still got Kofi in there, too. You got Kofi in there, too, but I think Kofi's going to get taken just, out, though. I wanted to get like taken out backstage by Retribution and shit like that and let Ali They get- did that already. Oh, make, yeah. oh, oh yeah. Damn. let that let that story run wild, bro. <laughs> run into fast lane. <laughs> Edge, Edge takes him out and wins Edge. the raw <laughs> like like he did before. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a big Drew fan. I, I feel like he got dealt a shit hand in 2020 getting his Hell, moment. He did uh, win that world title in front of no one. But I think he did it, he's done an incredible job being a two-time world champion. I you know. Since Survivor Series of this past year, when we got that amazing, I thought this match between Roman and Drew was awesome. such. I, I, the only thing that was missing from that match was an audience. That's it. I thought this match was fucking phenomenal, and ever since that match, I was like, bro, I don't want to see any other match at WrestleMania besides Drew and Roman. Like that's what I was craving before Edge got put in the picture in the Rumble. I was saying like, if there's anybody that needs to be Roman, it needs to be Drew because I want to see this match again in front of a live crowd, and then Drew finally gets his crowning moment in front of audience. Obviously, that's not happening. At least not for now, because Edge is now in the picture. Drew is champion once again. Um, I, I just, to me, and I like Sheamus. I think Sheamus, I think he's a, he's underrated to me, because he his work yeah. is really great. The problem is, Sheamus and Drew and Mania, it's not a it's not an impactful match to me, you know? No, it's not. It, 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 it doesn't, doesn't seem it, like anything. It doesn't seem like anything. Like, to be honest with you, if we were to get that match at Mania, right, it doesn't even need the title. Like, it doesn't even need the title at this point. Uh, I, but then again, it's like, who other, what other person do we do we see here, like, to be a potential contender uh, against Drew? Like, you know, I'm a, like I'm an AJ Styles shill, right? Like I love AJ Styles. AJ Styles, you put him in a main event anywhere, it's, it's gonna be a main event. The problem is, like, as much as I love AJ, I don't see AJ getting a push to a world title picture going into Mania. I just don't see that happening. 
I just don't see anybody else. So maybe the Sheamus and Drew match does happen. And maybe big, the scenario that you're saying where Sheamus takes the title from Drew and then you give that, give that crowning achievement back to Drew at Mania. And then you kind of just ride with him. I think that's cool, but that match is just not a marquee match. Unfortunately, it's just not. I just feel that, like you said, like AJ Styles, you can insert him anywhere and he, he'll go and do his thing. But this is why I didn't like the whole point of having Drew McIntyre in the Elimination Chamber match. To me, I feel the person that should have got that match and would have been a great match to see at Mania would have been another match between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Oh, oh, man. Lashley should have been. Yo, yo, damn, Lashley. <laughs> what if, <laughs> what if Lashley you know? takes out Kofi and ends up go putting himself oh, into the Oh, I'm on board, bro. If that I'm fucking happens, I'm on board. Yo, Lashley, yo, Lashley, it's another guy. Like, don't get me wrong. He's done a good job being United States champion. But, yo, this guy needs to be world champion, yo. Yes. He's doing, you know, this guy's doing his best work he's ever done WWE, not including right. Impact stuff, because Impact stuff was amazing. But, like, his whole WWE run, going back to his first run in the WWE till now, you know, and shout-outs to MVP, man. The, the guy is just, he's a genius to the point, like, look yes. at what he's done for, for Bobby, for Shelton. For Cedric, like this hurt business thing, like I love the hurt business, and I think they're they're a little bit fagazi right now with what they're doing with the hurt business. But Lashley, they 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 keep putting stock into Lashley. I would love now to me Lashley and Drew and Mania. That's a marquee match in my opinion. Yeah, because this is that's what I wanted, and I'm like, all right, he could go in there with the U.S. title, and then facts. If he wins, I want to see the title. And then we could have had, and to be honest, when it comes to gauntlet matches, tournaments, and all the other shit, WWE does a really good job in doing that. And that would have been something great leading up to Mania. You'll have like a whole tournament to see who's going to be the new United States Championship. And then the crowning moment of that happening at Mania. There goes another match for you at Mania. Because you know they like putting in about 45 different matches at fucking WrestleMania. And shit. <laughs> Don't don't forget too big for just one night. Don't forget yes, that. Yes, it's too big for just one night. So we're just don't gonna start at nine day. o'clock in the morning <laughs> on Friday and end. Who who's in the chamber yeah, match again for Raw? You have what AJ Kofi right. so Drew chamber AJ. match for Raw. You got Drew AJ Orton Jeff Hardy Sheamus and Kofi Kingston. I right, don't take out Kofi. Let Lashley take out Jeff Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I love. Listen, I, I'm. A, I love Jeff Hardy, but like, yo, yeah. my guy's just washed, man. Like, I don't want to be. He's washed, he's trying, man. He's trying. He's trying. Hardy with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> How he gets so many chances? You fucking drunk. <laughs> hey, Diablo. Yo, 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 chill. Yo, Kevin Owens is being a better Jeff Hardy than Jeff Hardy at this point. Yo, let Lashley take out Jeff Hardy. Lashley's a former ECW world champion. Put him in the match. Yo, let him take out Jeff Hardy. Put him in the match. I'm totally with that. You totally see have the- Yo, Bing, you're, you're, you're slacking there. What's going on? Y'all niggas was both like this. What was going on? I thought it was posing. All I seen was your bald head, bro. That's all. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jeff Hardy's fucking around with your Wi-Fi, bro. You see, you, you talk shit about Jeff Hardy coming through. Yeah, you know what is the what, what's his name? He's Willow. Not, Willow's he's coming. Trying through. to smoke it. <laughs> chill, chill. It's, it's um, not meth. It's, Relax. Um, it's not. It's uh, what's his um, what is it? The 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 fucking um, damn, Willow, right? Uh, the, 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 
the, the fucking the, the thing, the thing, the, the, the Matt Hardy guy. What is it? Oh, the, the drone, the drone. The drone, oh, the drone. What was it? Well, Vanguard one. Vanguard one. There you go. The drone. He's fucking with Biggs. <laughs> oh my god, you sound horrible. <laughs> Where y'all both y'all sound bad. Connection is bad. Hold up. Oh my god. Now nah, my wife my wife tried to wake up, kid. Yo, All the right. drone's messing with your Wi-Fi, dude. Damn, bro. I said already. I'm in the south. So I better relax. <laughs> say say you're sorry, man. Before I have 30, 30 meth heads come through my window, trying to smoke, trying to smoke oh, my man. <laughs> but um, with uh, with Elimination Chamber two, you know, since we're talking about Lashley, he's in a triple threat match for that U.S. title. Another reason I think he should, as you said, take out Jeff Hardy and insert himself into the Elimination Chamber. I think this could be a crowning moment for uh for Matt Riddle because, I mean, he's been taking beatings left and right. Uh, he looked like he almost died the last time he got into that full Nelson with Bobby Lashley. And like like we said before, Keith Lee ain't really hitting too well. So what do you think? What do you think about that match? You know, Riddle, while his promo work has been very fagazi, I will say he's been looking very, very impressive in the ring. You saw what he did in the Royal Rumble. He yeah. lasted a while in there, and he had a great promo. with Ron's, in, especially with their back and forth shit. I'm glad that they put their differences aside, and we saw a little bit Yo, we saw a connection there between Seth Rollins and Riddle. Like, they have some good chemistry there. We saw Riddle did with Daniel Bryan in that match, too. They had some good chemistry. So it looks like Vince has an investment in Matt Riddle. I would not be surprised if Riddle does take the title from Lashley. And hopefully, fingers crossed, Lashley somehow inserts himself in that chamber match because I do not want to see Jeff Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're there, Bing? Because you were were posing with a duck face real quick. (laughs) Damn, bro. This is what he's saying. I agree with you. I think, I think, I think Riddle, I think Riddle takes the title from him, and that just drives him over the edge. And he takes somebody out and puts himself in the elimination chamber match. I, I can see that happening, and I think that would be awesome. And you know what? Him in there with a couple of like him and Sheamus, him and Drew. You know what I'm saying? Going at it, him throwing all these niggas around. That should be pretty dope. But nah, I see Riddle taking it. I think Riddle. Uh, has eaten enough L's for the past couple of months, and they're like, all right, like, let's put the title on this nigga for a little while. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I feel you. Definitely, definitely. But um, let's see what happens, man. We got tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Elimination Chamber. I mean, we were talking about both chamber matches, uh, the United States title match. We don't have an IC title match here. We don't have any tag matches. Well, we do have one. We have Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Sasha and Bianca Belair. And I feel this match right here, it's going to give us, you know, that Bianca, um, that Sasha Banks that we love, that heel Sasha, that ball Sasha. I think, you know, it's going to, you know, start cementing the seeds for WrestleMania here. What do you guys think? You know, I've been I've been very high on Sasha since she's made her return with the with the blue being the blueprint or whatever. I've been super high on Sasha. But ever since uh, the whole Bailey feud ended and even even the Carmella feud was really good, too. After she beat Carmella, what was that, the Rumble again? After yeah. that, I feel like Sasha has been, I don't want to say she's been bad with her promos, but she feels a little bit lost. Like, you're not really sure if she's, like, a healer face, especially, like, the interactions she's been having with Bianca. Like, yesterday, I did enjoy, last night, I mean, on SmackDown, I did enjoy um, their post-match celebration. They were kind of just, like, joking around or whatever. I did enjoy that, but, like, 
Sasha being kind of like a little bit feisty with Bianca, like I haven't really enjoyed that much. Like if you're going to go all the way, go all the way. Like if you're going to be like that boss and like trying to be like, well, I'm better than you or whatever. Um, I think the match is set pretty much. We are getting Bianca and Sasha. And going back to what you said, I think the seeds are going to be planted heavy in this tag match where there's probably going to be a miscommunication of some sort or whatever. Uh, Nia Jax and Shane are going to go over. And then that's probably going to lead us to, you know, where Bianca finally makes her announcement where she goes like, no, I'm going to be challenging Sasha. Nice. B.I., what do you think? Yeah, this is definitely going to be the match where those seeds are planted. And Sasha needs to go the heel route because Bianca's just so over right now. And Sasha can go back and forth between being heel or face. Like, it doesn't really change much of her character because she's the, you know, DK, the boss. Yeah, some of promos been a little weird, but I, maybe she's just trying to feel out Bianca's energy and see which way she's going to go. Like, all right, am I going to be straight up with you or am I going to have to go this route? And I think the match is going to show, so like you said, there's going to be some type of communication error. Somebody's going to get hit. I'm a whole one bitch for another bitch to kick and a bitch kiss the other bitch and another bitch <laughs> man the other bitch. One of those type of situations. And there you go. Now you get Hill Sasha against Bianca Belair. And there you go. It's a wrap. You heard? Let's go Bianca though. All day, every day. Yo, the commentary on big. <laughs> <laughs> one bitch kicks the other bitch you know and the bitch kicks the other bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know how I be going down. Oh. Nia Jax is going to sit down and someone's going to disappear. Oh, it's over. One, two, three. She got a new submission move. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, man. What yeah. other matches are there between besides the two chamber matches, the triple the US, the tag that tag match? Hey, five matches. Five matches. Wow. You, you know, know the chamber matches take long, that's why. You know, um one thing I gotta give WWE credit since uh especially during this Thunderdome era, you know, their pay-per-views have been pretty good, man. Um yeah, we could we we could have our opinions and and chastise Monday Night Raw. SmackDown's been pretty good, and then we're not even including NXT because NXT is always good, but you know, their pay-per-views, for the most part, even a pay-per-view that you're, like, not even that excited for, and then you watch it, you're like, hey! Like like the Built to Survivor Series, for instance, right? Yeah. I thought the build was terrible. But then you watch Survivor Series, and like, you know what? Survivor Series wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I don't think they've had... The only show that I feel like was bad since the whole COVID thing started was Money in the Bank. Honestly, like, I think yeah. every other show they've had has been... Decent to good to even like wow that was a fucking really good paper. Yeah, like, Royal Rumble was great. Royal Rumble yeah. was great. Yeah, they've had a couple of good ones, bro. They've had a couple of good ones. So, Yo, yeah, for I, sure, I, man. I was really hyped for the Rumble because you know I I I kind of thought that we were gonna have it maybe you know in an outdoor stadium and all that good stuff, but you know you kind of do it. But just the way, like you said, man, we we seen stars being made, man, in the Rumble. We saw Damian Priest get a really really big nod. He got to fucking eliminate Kane. You know what I'm saying? He and had a couple of the fucking rub from Bad Bunny. <laughs> hey, listen, yo, that's a that's a dude selling a million dollars worth of merch, bro. Right. That's a dude <laughs> that I've been real high on for a minute. And if they keep booking him the way that they're booking him, my man's gonna be a fucking superstar there. Bro. The first on some shit. Oh my god, yo, you slow mo. Damien, my son Damien Priest. <laughs> yo, you slow mo. You're like, you're real. <laughs> yo. <laughs> Yo, the minute Damian Priest walks into MSG, you're, you already know El Barrio is going to be there. South Bronx is going to be in there. 
because he wears that like that Puerto Rican pride around him. You Niggas know gonna be out there just clapping needles together, like, oh yeah, <laughs> You know what? You know what's crazy too. Uh, I've been I've been following Damian Priest when he was punishing Martinez in Ring of Honor, right? And when I used to watch him in Ring of Honor, I didn't I was not a fan of this dude. I'm like, yo, who is this fake Roman Reigns trying to be Taker slash like this dark character? Like I didn't get him at all. Not saying that he was bad in the ring because he was good in the ring. I just did not like him. And going back to sometimes NXT is the right place, you know, for character development. He goes to NXT and becomes a completely different character. And I'm like, I'm a fan of Damian Priest. I was just never a fan of Punishment Martinez. Yeah, he's a. I mean, I I go back to him for a long while because his his pops actually dated my aunt for a minute back in the day. So I, I met him before when he was Punishment Martinez when he was fat, er, and he didn't have he didn't have the whole back piece at the time. But he was training at the Monster Factory at the time. And he was like, yeah, you know, I've been doing some some things with Ring of Honor. And I saw him from then and I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, that's what's up. But now seeing the shape he's gotten in, how how better the promos have gotten, the fact that he's doing a lot of stuff for WWE Latino. He's always doing their show and their lives in the morning and shit, like the interviews, doing speaking in Spanish and representing and always showing out and doing all that extra shit. Like, bro, we need that because we don't have no type of representation on some real shit. So it's like. It's dope to see that side of it. And like, yo, he's just an ill character and a cool-ass character. And the nigga can go in the ring. And it's like, I see so many potential feuds for him going forward. Like, if they keep booking him right or some shit, he can be a real big star there. Yo, and then, well, like you said, representation. You know what I'm saying? We we said that, like, for, you know, all all of us, black and brown. Like, representation matters. And what I liked about the the Damien Priest rod is that Usually when they go to like the Hispanic, you know, the Hispanic audience, they're always looking for a lucha. Now you're now what you got, what you got in the Hispanic audience is like, you know, what's out there now. You know what I'm saying? Like there's more than just a dude in a mask, bro. Right. My son is not a lucha. He's a badass. Yo, dude, you fucked up by mentioning Jeff Hardy, my man. <laughs> you fucked up. Bro. Yo, you know what? My battery about to die anyway, bro. I gotta go. <laughs> fuck, fuck Jeff Hardy, nigga. You know, you know. Um, that's why I think I, 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 and it takes a lot for me to get offended, right? It takes yeah. a lot to get. I'm not like I'm not, and it's not being machismo or anything like that. But it just, I'm just the same person that doesn't really get offended that easily. But when it came to like the whole Bad Bunny being part of WWE and you know with the performance or whatever, it's just like man, especially with the times that we're living in now, you really saw the ignorant and hateful and racism come out of some of these yeah. people. Yeah. Like who the fuck is this guy? Oh, like I remember, the, I think it was earlier this week. I was skimming through something and it was some, it was one of these wrestling pages. I forget. And I saw and someone said something like, "Oh, I would appreciate it, like subtitles or something." I'm like, "Yo, that's the type of ignorant shit." Like. Like, really? Like, instead of being ignorant and just shitting on something, figure out why this guy's such a big deal, right? And yeah. listen, I, do I like Bad Bunny's music? Absolutely. But not everything he does, like, I'm a fan of, right? But I understand why this is a big deal, not only for WWE, but for the Latin community, too. Like, this is crazy for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, him being in the WWE. Look at all the merch he sells. Look at all the numbers. Numbers don't lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Look at the numbers on YouTube. Look at the numbers on social media. Anything that's Bad Bunny related to WWE gets more views and likes than just WWE shit. 
Facts. This is like a business thing. Like, even if you're not, a, and this is not me, like, um, saying like, oh, you gotta like Bad Bunny, you gotta listen to music. No, I'm not saying that. Like, we all like different things. But just because you don't understand something doesn't mean that you have to shit on it and be hateful. Why don't you go on Google instead of tweeting out something ignorant and racist and do your research why this is a big deal? This yeah, is a, this is a community and this is a demographic that WWE has been trying to get back since Eddie Guerrero's death. And th- this is a this is a right move. This is a right move. Just like you said, not everything has to be a luchador with a mask. Like this is great, especially because this is now Bad Bunny's on. Bad Bunny's like the Drake of the Latin community. That's pretty much what he is. Yo, he's the first Latin artist to street to have a billion streams. Like, and yo, he makes reggaeton. He makes songs about fucking and smoking and shooting niggas. And like, yo, it's crazy how big a star he is. And it's like, yo, 500,000 500, metric or your units sold of his shit that they've had to put out another thing to produce more shit. Like, they didn't think it was going to sell out like that. And he's over fucking achieved. And like, the rub that he's giving WWE is crazy right now, bro. Crazy, but crazy. Also, this is great for Damian Priest too. Yeah, facts. Great for Damian Super Priest. Facts. With with uh, like what you were saying with Bad Bunny, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Bully Ray on Busting Open Radio. He was like, I didn't know who this person was, but I'm not gonna go and just judge what's going on. He's like, I want somebody to educate me. Who is this dude? Of right. course, do like Bully Ray. This guy's listening to Black Sabbath all day. He's not gonna know who the fuck Bad Bunny is. You know what I'm saying? But he's not he's not he's not throwing it aside either. Right. And then when they put him on and he saw the numbers, he was like, Oh, hey, okay. So <laughs> I get it now. My thing, my thing is like, you know, like you were saying, you know, just do the research. It's all there. It's all there for us to see. This guy, he puts out a video like a 50-second video talking to fans on a live, and it's gonna do like 400 million views on a YouTube, on a YouTube page. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just crazy. Like you said, like just the whole ignorance of everything. And like, I, I'm not easily, you know, also I, I don't, you know, I don't take, I don't take everything to heart and shit like that. You know, I could right. be, I know how ignorant some people could be and I, I'll just throw it aside. But just like, you know, like with stuff that people say about like certain, um certain like black athletes, certain Latino athletes, it just gets to me, bro. Right. It's like you don't know what they've been doing. You don't know why they're so big. So then go and fucking do the research like you would do for the for the people that you love. Like what the fuck? But we live in a time right now, especially with social media. Like I like as much as social media gets crapped on, I think social media has done some good. For example, look yeah. what we're doing right now. We're on Zoom right now. We're recording something that you're gonna put out for for the podcast, right? So that that's some of the the, the bright stuff that social media has done. But social media going back to like with the wrestling community it's just so toxic and you see so much like every i get everyone has an opinion and i'm okay with that but not everything has to be hateful just because you don't get something you don't understand something yeah. why instantly do you have to spread hate why don't, instead of tweeting out something that you don't like oh fuck this dude or quote unquote like oh i don't understand this guy i don't understand the music oh his music's trash whatever instead of tweeting that out go on google look this guy up and understand why like, I know plenty of people that are not a fan of his music or maybe they're just not Latino or whatever and they don't understand it, but they've done their research. I'm like, okay, well, I don't necessarily get why he's on TV. I get why this is a big deal and it's a smart business decision. Yeah. This is no different. Well, I will say it's different because it's it's a hot act. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bad Bunny, he's over. Like, this guy is selling and selling and selling. But this is no different from any other fucking, like, actor or actress or, like, celebrity doing business with WWE. The only difference is this is actually making money. Yeah. 
Exactly. Nice. This is making money. That's all it is. And yo, yo, fellas, I hate to cut the conversation short, but dead ass, my phone is about to die and my charger is not working right now. So uh Jeff Hardy screwed your charger. Jeff Hardy <laughs> fucked my shit up. Yo, my bad, Willow. <laughs> yo, my man's yo, bro. Shout out. What's the show? What's the Lucha show called? Yo, shout out to Lucha Outsiders. Shout out to my man right here. I appreciate you coming through. Yeah, yo, man. Nah, all the way nigga. Anytime, man. Yeah, we'll have you. Don't worry. We're gonna close, we'll close it out. We'll close it out. Don't worry about it, G. Yo, I got one percent, my nigga. Yo, 2020 podcast, storyline tease, absolutely perfect shit on right now. <laughs> super fly, man fresh. You heard? Go check out Lucha Outsiders and go and you already know the deal. It's your boy Ben you Bing. You heard? I'm out for the one percent. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I, yo, I fuck with Big, bro. He's yo, that's my guy, but yo, listen, somebody I known twenty plus years, bro. Like, <laughs> kids, man, it's he's kids. a character, bro. Yo, I'm still trying to get over his his play by play over Sasha and Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's something else, man. He's something else, B. But um, uh, one other thing, I, it was just like one other thing I wanted to talk to you, talk to you guys about uh before he had left, um. On AEW, we see that we're going to have a barbed wire bomb match. What's your thoughts and feelings on on a match with that that magnitude? Listen, man, Moxley's a, a fucking sick dude, man. Like, <laughs> for those that, that, that haven't... There, there's, there was a life before the Dean Ambrose character that we got yeah, in WWE, definitely. right? Like, yeah. if you go back to some of his CZW stuff, like his IWA Mid-South stuff, like, this guy... This guy has scars, man. He's got battle scars, dude. Uh, this guy, he's into that shit. He, he's he gone on record in, in different podcasts or whatever. You know, when he's not doing anything, I'm sure now his life is going to be busy, especially because he's, he's assumed to be dad, you know, yeah. Renee. Um, when he's not doing anything and he's not working out or whatever, this guy just goes on TV and watches wrestling. And a lot of the wrestling he watches is death matches from Japan or, you know, classic death matches from out here. So this guy's a death match guy. Yeah, I am not. I'm not saying that I'm. I'm not surprised that John Moxley is going to be in a death match. I'm more surprised that Kenny Omega is down to do this, and that is going to be on AEW TV. Well, on AEW pay per view, mm-hmm. and, and that's one thing. Um, Big was saying how that wrestling, like pure wrestling matches, doesn't sell on TV, and he he's absolutely right. It doesn't sell on TV, but it does wrestle. It does work for pay per views. Yeah. When you have a mixture of that of pay per views or like a, a a streaming service, that does that does sell. It's not going to sell for like a TV audience, but like for people that are willing to pay, I think it will sell. You know what I'm saying? For like either a stream or like a pay per view, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm excited for this match. I I, I think this match is going to be crazy. I was very fortunate to be at Full Gear. What was that? Almost two years ago when we wow, saw nice. Omega. Yeah, Omega John Moxley won. That match wasn't even booked as a death match. That was just supposed to be a hardcore match, and they brought out glass, the the fucking web, the barbed wire bed. They went all out. And just the fact that, on that. right, oh. and, and just the fact that Kenny Omega was down to do this stuff with John Moxley says a lot about how Kenny Omega feels about John Moxley. You have to be, you have to trust your opponent. You have to have a a certain value of respect for your opponent, and just the fact that he was willing to kind of go outside his element and do that what John Moxley says a lot and they have great chemistry. We yep. even saw that um with the with the world title match that we got a couple months ago where Kenny Omega defeated uh Moxley. I thought that match was good too. It wasn't as good as a full gear match, but it was a good match. It was a really good match. Um and I I expect these two dudes to kill each other and this is going to be a Moxley swan song for uh, you know for the time being cuz you know he's going to 
you know, you know, he's gonna take uh he's gonna, you know, play daddy for a couple months, you know. Um and rightfully so, you know, he he's gonna be a first time dad, so why not give this guy a break? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, they they have a lot a lot of talent coming in, especially with, you know, the partnerships that they got right now with the two with, with Impact and New Japan. So they're not gonna be, you know, starved for for you know for for talent. They're gonna have the talent there. They could interject a lot of different talents. But like you said, I think it's gonna be a swan song for him. Of course, I see him losing this one. Um, but it's I just want them to be safe. Cause like because oh, right, right, right. like when I first heard about this, I'm like, all right. I remember hearing rumblings about this. Like, you know, like remember like when people used to trade tapes and shit like that. Right. So I was FMW. Like, yeah, FMW. So I go, I Google, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh, Nathan, you mean to tell me you actually use Google? Like a person that does research? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I Google. G O O G L. I went, I, I went over there. <laughs> but, um, and then I'm looking, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, I was like, oh, fuck. And then I, I don't care what nobody says that, you know, oh, how you not know about this shit? Listen, me growing up, it was either WWF, WCW, uh, probably some Smoky Mountain Wrestling on ESPN when they used to show it there. And then ECW came into play, you know, was really big in, in the East Coast, you know, like watching right. that shit on MSG. Uh, but right. the, the deathmatch, you know, kind of like cult following that, that, that developed, I would say, what, like about 20 years ago out here in the States, maybe 20, 25 years ago. I, yeah. I never got into it. So when I was... I went literally an hour watching these matches. I'm just like, oh, fuck. This is what we getting? I was like, all right, man. Yo, this nigga's about to be a dad. Just hope he doesn't die. <laughs> or just has, like, nerve issues. But my favorite <laughs> thing is seeing Renee's Twitter and her reactions. Like, even going back to, like, full gear, like, after watching that match, I remember her Twitter was like, what the fuck? Like, it was just, it's her reactions are just funny. But th that's a Moxley's thing. And kind of going back to what you were saying on how you grew up, I was the same way too. I watched WCW, watched WWF, and then ECW came into the picture. And those are like just the three brands I used to watch. Yeah. And obviously when WCW and ECW folded, that's when I started experimenting and, and getting into like the indie scene, right? The yeah. independence and Ring of Honor and stuff. And when I was old enough, I would go to these Ring of Honor shows and et cetera. And then, you know, internet the rise of the internet then you're yeah. you're following like dirt sheets and you're seeing reading results from all these different independent companies all over the country and then you start you reading stuff that's happening like in europe and japan and etc etc I, I was never a deathmatch guy either i didn't start getting into deathmatch wrestling until i'll say like within the last two three years like this is the deathmatch scene to me has been a new thing for me too because yes i would read results because i would like read up on stuff like like who's John Moxley, who's Nick Gage, and I'll read up the results and kind of like see YouTube clips here and there. But like, I would, I never thought that I would be like, you know what? Let me let me check out a deathmatch wrestling show. Like, no, I would rather go to like, you know, Jersey All Pro or like PWS or yeah. like or whatever's happening in New York. I, you know, whether I would drive or take a train out there, et cetera, et cetera. But now I'm, I've I've kind of learned that deathmatch wrestling, while sometimes it does have a negative stigma. Deathmatch wrestling is it is an art form, and there's a proper way of doing it. So I'm positive that a guy like John Moxley and Kenny Omega, they're gonna do things the right way, and and I expect um this match to go out with a bang. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be uh 
a great one, man. I can't wait to see it happen. I mean, and then that during that week, we have a, a big NXT show. We got a big AEW show, uh, Dynamite, before they go and do their Revolution uh, pay-per-view event. So it's a lot of good wrestling within the next couple of weeks and just in general, leading up to WrestleMania. I mean, this is the best time to be a fucking wrestling fan right now. These, yeah, these times days. are uh, times are still not there, but yeah. uh, it's still like yeah. even like you going back to like the whole Royal Rumble. I was super excited uh, going into the Royal Rumble because in many ways we kind of didn't know what was the direction of going. You yeah. know, you, you kind of had predictions or whatever, like we always do. We're wrestling fans; we're gonna predict everything. But for whatever reason, this Royal Rumble felt different. Besides the whole COVID thing, it just felt different because it's like we didn't really know what to expect, and they mm-hmm. just hit a home run with the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And I expect the same thing with Mania. And like you said, it's Mania season. You're going to have all these different promotions that are actually going to do run shows in Tampa. You have the Collective with GCW. You have IWTV that they're having their own version of the Collective. So you're going to have all these different promotions kind of bounce back yeah. um, on Wrestle- the whole WrestleMania weekend. So it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I, I think that's a very cheesy thing to say, but it is a great time to be a wrestling fan because you have all these different companies. Wrestling has never stopped. They, they continue to keep doing this thing for us you no know, regardless we could nitpick here or you know have a criticism there wrestling has never stopped no we could we kept getting new content man we didn't have to go and uh you know re-watch old shit you know i mean we did in the beginning you know right. but it, even that was fucking awesome because then you're like oh i forgot how good this event was and all that good stuff but yeah man it's gonna be great for these next couple of weeks and all i want to say is thank you my boy mary over here for joining us on the show today we definitely got to do this again. Now nah, we got is as long overdue. Thank you for having yeah. me on, dude. It, it was a great conversation. It just felt like bar talk, just talking with the homies, and that's the type of conversation I like to have. Trust me, if, if I didn't feel like if I felt like nah, man, I can't fuck with these dudes, I would be like, you know what, I wouldn't do it. But th- we've had, you know, uh, w- what's the word? Um, behind the current conversations that we yes. wanted to do something. Uh, obviously, we have a mutual friend and Andy Dream Match House. Yeah, shout out to Dream Match, man. Um, I was actually having a conversation with him last night about some some stuff, but um, yeah, dude, th- this was a great conversation. We need we need to have you. I was I would like to have you and Big on. No, definitely, Big, he's gonna be there. Big, Big is a character in itself, but <laughs> um, you know, we all have busy lives, even with the COVID era with work and stuff. So e- even if we can't have both of you as a unit, I would love to have you on with the Lucha Outsiders, and you could uh, meet Leo, which is uh, he's become kind of like an on air producer. He, he was. He was originally was my partner in crime, and he still yeah. is. He is a co-creator of Lucha Outsiders, but we've gone so many different directions with the show. Like we all grow, you know, we yeah. all figure out the footing. So he's kind of kind of like an on-air producer. Yeah, he'll chime in here and there, but he's kind of become more of an on-air producer on the show. Okay. But uh, but yeah, dude, we we, we want to have you on. Hopefully, you, as a unit. With no, me. no, we're definitely. It's gonna be definitely the both of us. Don't worry about it. We'll <laughs> definitely be there. No doubt, dude. But thank. Thank you for having me on, dude. Um, always, anytime. I'm always down to record, bro. I love talking to wrestling, especially with awesome. you know, good brothers. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, plug, plug everything in. Let them know where they can find you, my brother. All right, so you can follow me at Rated R since '87. Um, I don't talk too much wrestling on there, but if you want to follow me there and you know get to know me, I guess you can follow me at Rated R since Rated R since '87. But make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Even though we don't do shit with our Twitter, <laughs> we don't do nothing. Uh, follow us at Lucha Outsiders IG. That's like the main one. Also on Facebook. And subscribe to the podcast, Lucha Outsiders Everywhere. There you go. There you go. And this was episode 142 of the 20 by 20 podcast with our guest host over here. State your name, my brother. 
the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R, Matt. And you know how we always end this one. We say shout out to the Nation of Domination and shout out to Los Boricuas. We this out. This is really fucking cool. Mash on these niggas real quick. Uh-huh. Get back to counting this fucking cash. Future said, God blessing all the trap niggas. That's on my son, and now I'm here to torture rap niggas. Whack niggas, let you rappers eat while I stack my chips up. I'm from the bottom, was a dirty little mattress flipper. Turn package flipper for the stars in my hood. Jack boys out, robbing no hood. Starving the jugs, get dressed with my hammer like it's part of my look. And bullets open up your chest like a pawn in a rug. Ah, uh, 40s on like Bishop. Pick your bitch up, I sped the whip up. Red leather the guts to fill this shit up take 70 bucks pockets heavy as fuck i never switched up and yes dog i mean never nigga the same nigga you met on the bench in the jack serving custies wet skimp on half the bundle stuff full of rest young nigga wanna fuck up a check cause i seen Artie with the pave diamonds up in the vet fuck you expect got shooters out here dumping for wreck muzzle the tech you slumped on the deck cause you ain't have no fucking respect i'm rfc and it's up for the set i got the bank no feet no cracks and i'ma cover all bets low 3 a.m at the dice really? game and nigga life change <laughs> push gun bitch. that big money you lost that was light change look we ain't the same you want to plate i'm trying to cop a phone you trying to ball while i teach my son a proper form she want to fly across the stars like she shaka khan she bring it back she just want a shortcut like a soccer mom i got the game in 5d where vodkatron got the ticket if you copping strong pockets long screen face niggas never seen cake went to play i know today we got tacos little cheap date <laughs> this pre-k quick money prepaid popping grams and b-more he shaking like when we bay rocking x sticker post-traumatic when he see gray stockings i bold in the era you living it through ebay copping these ones it's og like my favorite bud face card took 50 how i paid the plug game changer business owner i had my way with drugs my old heads fully loaded they don't play about guns heaven to hell hell in a cell trump checking the mail notice while rolling my l blow the smoke in the hell watching the ghost in the shell only the chosen prevail homie i'm knowing it well we be rocking the stoop popping the bottle of deuce coppers be clocking my troops stop us and probably shoot options i got me a few obstacles blocking my view ops on the block where i grew plotting and stopping my loot fuck is you dumb like where you from you not with my crew i pop on you duke it's thug life i got the juice you fucking nut go nuts so nigga hop off the roof that thing blow knock off your roof like brr what happened to you i'm going bird man for that cash money we could clash like a crash dummy for them fast hundreds we smoke that good shit getting mad blunted i'll be sad hundred i know what you did last summer i drove a stick and turn your ass to easel i found all my pops clips around the time that kevin nash was diesel your whole pedigree is cold stone i watch for them jake the snakes and load stone cold chrome sting them with razors ramon loan take it up the ladder Turn the tables the place where they dome thrown. Yeah. Clutching a cobra about to chop through you. Like pins in a spear, cause I'm a sharpshooter. Landline nigga, your cap get tapped. Can't show a dude love and mankind till I'm living like Cactus Jack. My mans did like one, two, three bids. Cause they Xbox, a bunch of one, two, three kids. Nigga, sweet chin music with the stock bottom. 
SWAT got him. Ops wanna slam him, but could not spot him. Natty by the Undertaker, rock bottom, nigga.